We are here in Brasilia for the Olympic women's soccer quarterfinal between the U.S. and Sweden on Friday at noon Eastern on NBCSN. Our guest today is U.S. forward Alex Morgan. Thanks for joining me, Alex. No problem in this really massive room in Brasilia. We are in a giant room that you could play probably a full court basketball game in, and we are the only two people in here. There wasn't even chairs, so I brought these chairs in just for us. <laughs> but thanks for taking the time the day before the game. Um, you won your group. You're coming off wins over New Zealand and France uh, in a 2-2 tie against Colombia. How do you think the U.S. has played in this tournament so far? I think we've done well, given what the coaches have asked of us. I feel like we played really well against um, New Zealand, but I felt like there was still some left to offer. Um, I felt like going into the France game, we weathered a little bit of a storm initially and got the goal and got the win, and um, we're happy to put that behind us. And then with the Columbia game, we knew we needed a tie or a win, and so obviously it's unfortunate for us to let into set-piece goals because we feel like we are – um, we do have a lot of aerial presence and are good on good ourselves with attacking and defending set pieces, but we got the tie and we won the group and we feel like now this is when the real tournament starts. You are facing Sweden and your old U.S. coach, Pia Sundhaga. Sweden tied you guys in the group stage of the World Cup last year. Even though they didn't have a great World Cup, they haven't been that great in the Olympics mm -hmm. so far, to be honest, but they seem to raise their game against the U.S. Mm -hmm. What are you expecting from Sweden? Yeah, I think it's a slippery slope to say that Sweden hasn't had a good Olympics because they always come to face us. Um, they always come to show up. And for this game tomorrow, you know, I'm looking forward to a physical game. But also I I hope that we can just play play our style and um, possess in the midfield. You know, with with the players that, um, that we have, we should be able to dominate in the midfield. We should have the aerial presence that we need for the crosses, um, we should have, um, you know, this quick players on the outside to get by. There's the outside backs and we have the best defenders in the world. So including hope. So um, it should be, you know, it should be a good game for us. But um, Sweden comes to play and uh, we know that. And so I think for a lot of us, there's just excitement and a little bit of nerves as well, because for many of these players, it's their first time in um playing either a major tournament or in an Olympics um, in an elimination round. So um, it's fun, but uh, this is going to be a good challenge for us, regardless of how Sweden did the last three games. How has this Olympic experience been for you compared to 2012 in terms of leadership and how you might see this tournament with veteran eyes compared to kind of rookie eyes that time? Yeah, I feel like this tournament is a little bit different because – in 2012, I felt like I was like a sponge learning and taking everything in and exploring and enjoying having my family around, um, enjoying just the experience. And I feel like this time around, it's this is a job that we need to get done. I, I feel like I'm, I'm more just ready to get the work in and I'm less, you know, less excited about exploring um, different parts of Brazil and the cities that we're in and I just want us to be on the top of the podium at the end of the day and I feel like for me feeling healthy going into this tournament and being a veteran I know that the things that I do are looked at by teammates you know whether I go outside of the hotel on our couple hours off or whether I stay in and do recovery methods do you know pool ice bath whatever it may be I feel like 
you know, the veteran players are being watched. And so in that regard, I'm trying to just be as professional as I can and make sure that my legs are recovered for every game. So you've been in some pretty wild locales in this trip so far, especially mm -hmm. Manaus, which is in the Amazon. You're in Belo Horizonte. We're here in Brasilia now. You're hoping to get to Rio. Mm -hmm. But what you're saying is you aren't doing a heck of a lot of exploring in these places. No, we got into um, Belo a week before the game started, so we got to explore a little bit um, because it was pretty light training mm -hmm. um, leading into this tournament. But once the game started, um, I've really stayed at the hotel. My family have wanted me to come out and get coffee with them or do whatever, but I've honestly just had them come to the hotel and I'll see them for 45 minutes or so and then I'll say goodbye and go back to my recovery or whatever I'm doing. Um, so it's been a little bit of a different mindset, but I'm happy with it just because I feel like I'm doing everything I can to feel um, to feel ready to play 90 minutes for, for six games. After you scored near post against New Zealand, you said something interesting to me. This was after the first game of the tournament that you like beating goalkeepers near post. Mm -hmm. And for goalkeepers, that's a pretty big no-no to get beat near post. Why do you get so much satisfaction out of it? I think I love beating keepers near post so much because when I was growing up, I felt like it was always, you know, shoot far post because the keeper's always going to have the near post covered. And so when you find a keeper cheating um, to kind of cover the far post a little bit, I feel like you want to um, you want to show her that uh, that you're catching her cheating, and you you want to be able to be able to prove that. So with me, I feel like beating a keeper near post is kind of so gratifying for me because you can't cheat, you know, as a keeper, mm -hmm. as a as a field player positionally, um, or else you know the the best players are going to catch you doing that. And I feel like a near post goal is is awesome to just be able to get in in an Olympics. But I feel like even during training, when I beat Hope or Alyssa near post, they I think they hate it a little bit more than me scoring <laughs> on them otherwise because they know that um, I love it even even more. Good to know. That's yeah. interesting to me. Um, these days you're more of a lone center forward than one of two, like you have been more in the past. How exactly is your job different as a lone center forward? I think it's pretty different, actually, and it took a little while for me to adjust to playing uh, lone forward. Uh, I feel like you have to be unpredictable in your runs, but I feel like when there's a back line that's only worrying about you, then your runs tend to be predictable. So I feel like you have to connect not only with the other forward if you were in a two front, but being a lone forward, you have to connect with the wingers, you have to connect with the attacking mids because – when you're checking to the ball, you have to expect that someone else is is um, is trying to get in behind. And when you're getting in behind, you have to expect that someone's checking to the ball off of the back line in order to in order to kind of have that push and pull with the defense. So I feel like it's a little bit different because you have to be more in tune with the rest of the team. Whereas I feel like with the two front, it's kind of just opposite movement. You know, when mm -hmm. when one player checks, the other player gets in behind, and vice versa. When one player when you, you know, sometimes you crisscross, sometimes you do this, but I feel like it's just a little bit different of a game and sometimes a little more frustrating because you don't get the ball as frequently. Okay, interesting. Um, the U.S. has had big TV audiences for these games, especially the last game, averaging 3.6 million people yeah. on the NBCSN broadcast. It's only going to get bigger in this tournament. Is that something you'll plan to use in your CBA negotiations with U.S. soccer? 
Well, I saw that in 2012, um, the, the 3.6 million viewership for this last game against Columbia, we actually, um, that was our most viewership except for the final, I yeah. believe, um, in, in London. So for that, for that viewership in a group stage game to beat our semifinal game against Canada, um, you could just see that it's going to continue to grow for um, the quarters and hopefully semis and finals as well. Um, but I, I think that you know every everything we do to continue um, to continue growing the game in the U.S. and and showing uh, showing the federation that we're deserving of um, of equal pay and deserve deserving of um, pay that is you know is fair to us. I feel like is is always good for negotiations, and I think that this will be something that is to our advantage. I mean, it only continues to grow the viewership that we're getting. And so, um, I mean, I can't see it as a negative. If you win this game in the quarterfinal, you get to go to the semifinals. They would be in Rio at the Maracanã, yeah. one of the great stadiums in world soccer. When you're sort of away, as you have been this entirety of the Olympics from the main city, do you find yourself really wanting to get there as soon as possible? Yeah, I feel like honestly the the Olympics has been so distant for us, and I feel like there's so much, um, so many of the events that Brazil is good at is on TV, and we'll have to live stream um, other events um, that the U.S. Is, like beach volleyball or, or swimming or gymnastics sometimes isn't on the main channels here. So mm -hmm. for us, I feel like we want to be a part of that community. We want to be a part of Team USA, and as much as we are, it feels like we're a little. Um, a little distant from them, both physically <laughs> and uh, just just in terms of um, us not really having met any of the other athletes really um, or been to Rio yet. So it'll be exciting to to get there. We obviously have to do business here in Brasilia, but I'm looking forward to getting to Rio and actually spending more time there with um, with the draw of us being in Rio for semis and finals rather than just the final. That's kind of something that I looked forward to getting first in our group and being on this side of, of the um, this side of the uh, the table or whatever you call it and having getting to Rio for semis and finals. So I'm excited for that, but we're not really looking too far ahead because we have to get the job done here in Brasilia. Right. Um, I know you've been watching the Olympics a fair amount on television here. Who are the Olympic athletes outside of soccer that you've been most impressed by? Um, we are in awe of the gymnasts. They're <laughs> incredible. Um, and just seeing them kind of sweep the individual and team all around was, was amazing. But also just the swimmers, beach volleyball with um, Walsh Jennings and Ross um, dominating like they usually do. Although dropping, I think, Carrie Walsh Jennings dropped her second set ever <laughs> in the Olympics, which was crazy to hear. Um, but also seeing Katie, just seeing people live up to expectation has, mm -hmm. has been amazing because I know a lot of times the pressure can get to someone, especially someone 16, 17, 18 years old, um, on such a stage like the Olympics to see all these people living up to expectation has, has been incredible because I feel like we've all been on this journey together, um, kind of supporting each other over the last six months or year, well, six months in particular because of the qualifications and everything that it took for Team USA to form mm -hmm. for the Olympics. But I, I feel like it's been incredible to see the people that 
we're so hyped um, by media and by coaches and everyone to do well has done well. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, lastly, I wanted to ask you about, I know you've been very businesslike during this tournament, mm -hmm. but it seems like you've absorbed a couple of things from Brazilian culture. I've seen social media posts. Uh, I've been going to a couple of acai shops. Yes. Uh, and also some samba lessons. <laughs> Tell me in. Yeah. Um, samba is something that me and Allie Long really wanted to learn. Well, Allie claims that she kind of knows how to samba, which <laughs> is kind of true. Okay. But we started um, to learn. We wanted to do it in our talent show that we had created with the national team to pass time before the Olympics. But we, on YouTube, just couldn't understand the steps. <laughs> so a report, a Brazilian reporter got wind of it and decided to invite um, a samba band and a samba instructor to our hotel wow. and teach us how to samba. And so there was about eight of us that um, partook in that, um, <laughs> that lesson. And it was fun. I feel like we've been waiting to do that for a goal, as a goal celebration. Um, hasn't come yet, so maybe next game. So that's something that has been exciting um, in Brazil, something that I've kind of embraced. Mm -hmm. But Aussiebles, oh, I love Aussiebles. They're just so good. And it's hard to find them in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. I, I feel like in Florida, I haven't even found them yet. And in California, there's one in Manhattan Beach, uh, one place that I go to whenever I'm back in Manhattan Beach. But um, they're literally on every corner here. And yeah. They're delicious. I think they're healthy. I'm just going to tell myself that they're <laughs> extremely healthy because I pretty much had one every day in Belo Horizonte. Nice. Well, Alex Morgan, thank you for speaking to the Sports Illustrated podcast. Good luck the rest of the week. Thanks, Grant. Do you know about the Locked On Podcast Network? The number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. You get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.